When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio. For today's podcast, I'm going to talk about Alex Ross Perry to adapt Stephen King's The Dark Half. Matrix 4 gets a release date of May 21st, 2021, but that's not all. It looks like that Keanu Reeves himself has to face off against himself as John Wick because John Wick Chapter 4 gets the same release date as Matrix 4. And I'm going to be talking about that. Then after that, I'm moving into Wonder Woman 1984. I'm going outside my little comfort zone for a little bit and talking about a fan theory that I came up with about how I think that Steve Trevor came back from the dead. And this is actually taking part of the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. I've watched it about three or four times, and I decided to go on ahead and come up with my own little fan theory. I hope you guys enjoy that. And then Dave Bautista is rumored to be Bane for the Batman movie. Then, Marvel shuts down TV division shows that are still in production. And, should we be excited about female directors and doesn't matter who directs a movie? Now, I've gotten some peop- some feedback from the article I actually posted that I actually wrote. And, some people are saying, well, I just don't care that a female director, or any director for that matter, directs a certain movie as long as the plot line is good. But, you understand that... In order to get the best performance from your actors or actresses, you have to care about the director because he's the one or she's the one in the director's chair trying to get you get you to have a good plot, have actors that actually care about the roles that they're playing in. I'm going to be talking about that. Then I'm going to be talking about do we need a sequel to Dr. Sleep? Even though there's no book after Dr. Sleep, the studios still want to go on ahead and make a book centered around the character Abra, who's actually introduced into the Dr. Sleep movie. So I'm going to be talking about that. But first off, let's go on ahead and talk about Alex Ross Perry to adapt Stephen King's The Dark Half. Now, this movie got a film adaption back in 93. The book came out in 1984, I believe. And basically, if you know Stephen King, he writes under two different names. He's got his own name, and then he writes under Bachman. Uh, That's actually the last name. But anyways... It's basically about this author who writes under two different aliases. One is under his name, and then one's under a different author's name. But under his name, he's not his books are not selling right or anything like that. But he still wants to write under his own name. So what does he do? Since the other name is actually giving him a little bit more of a boost or whatever, he winds up giving his alter ego a chance to actually lay down and rest. So what does his wife do? They go in and give him a proper burial, and that's it. He starts writing his own books and stuff like that under his name, and then all of a sudden, people who gave his alter ego a burial winds up dying. So there's that little bit of a horror aspect for you. Now, do I think that this movie needs to be remade? Not really, but 
if you actually look at the dialogue and the way things are actually set up in the movie and stuff like that, some of it is actually cringeworthy to the point that it doesn't fit into today's society. It's a little bit outdated and stuff like that. But as for the plot line itself, as far as it trying to be into something that's for a 2019 audience, I think it does need to be updated because there's a lot more stuff that they can actually do. They actually give this author a little bit more layers to them than what we got. But I still think that, you know, this movie is actually pretty well grounded for what it is. But yeah, there are some, like I said, there are some cringy dialogue that comes from the 90s which you can't actually help because they're let's, let's just face it the 90s filled with one-liners and very bad cheesy what cheesy stuff but as for me being excited for alex ross perry to adapt a stephen king uh, movie to be honest with you i'm not that very excited i mean i love stephen king's work I love what they did with the It It Chapter 1 and It Chapter 2 remake. I felt like they actually did need to remake that movie and make it into today's time with dealing with the adults. And I think they actually did a very nice job at putting it in the 80s instead of the 60s because that wouldn't have worked for today's time. But not only that, but that was also a 1,779-page book. This book is not even that long. It's maybe about maybe 200 or 300-page book. But even so, I don't really feel the need to actually have this type of movie. Now, I wouldn't mind actually putting him in the Castle Rock TV series and letting them grow the character that way. Because they can actually do some pretty neat stuff. Because I just got done watching the season finale of Castle Rock. And I just want to say, that was one amazing season finale for season two. So, I have to say, I really enjoy what they're doing with the Castle Rock stuff. So, I'm thinking if they went on ahead and put that into a Castle Rock show and have other type of themes within that show, I think that would actually work off better, a whole lot better than what we got with the 1990s version and also remaking it into today's time. And not only that, but if you think about it, we also have plenty of Stephen King stuff to actually feed us through for a while. When you have the Mr. Mercedes series, you also have the Castle Rock series... You also have the Institute that's going to be coming out as a series. Then you also have The Outsider, which is also another Stephen King novel that got put into a TV series from HBO. So, you know, we have plenty of stuff that we can actually go on for Stephen King material, but I figured that it would be better off as a TV series with Hulu rather than going ahead and remake this movie. Because really, with this type of storyline, you don't really need a lot of special effects. You don't really need a lot of things with this movie to make it work. So that's just my take on it. Tell me what you guys think. Leave a voicemail. Let me know. Now I'm going to be talking about Matrix 4 gets a release date of May 21st, 2021. And John Wick is actually going to be facing off against Neo, which is Keanu Reeves. So he's going to be beating his own butt at the box office. So this reminds me of the Batman versus Superman and Captain America Civil War news that came out a few years back. And I've said it before. One of those movies actually has to go its own way and gets, get pushed back or it gets pushed forward. This is the same type of scenario. Even though it's dealing with the same actor, I believe that Matrix 4 will actually get done before John Wick Chapter 4 will. Because here's the thing. I think that Keanu Reeves is actually going to sign on to Matrix 4. Then after he's done filming Matrix 4, he's going to go ahead and do John Wick Chapter 4. I just don't see him filming both films at the same time. 
especially when you're dealing with the special effects from Matrix, the Matrix movies and the plot lines and stuff like that, unless the director doesn't need him for a day or two, but which is hard because he's Neo and he's actually the main focus of the Matrix, unless they're going to do go on ahead and make him into something else rather than him being the main focus. But he is the Matrix. He is what made the genre great. He is the fantasy and sci-fi actor of the Matrix and what started it all. So I don't see why he wouldn't be there for the rest of the time that he's actually filming. But I just think that this is actually going to be one of those things where either Matrix 4 is going to be moved up or it's going to be moved back or John Wick Chapter 4 is going to be moved up or moved back. Because I just don't see John Wick Chapter 4 coming out anytime soon. I think it might actually get pushed back to maybe 2023 or 2024, which is a little bit too long for me because I actually want to see the conclusion of what's going to happen with that whole entire deal, especially after the ending of John Wick Chapter 3. And I want to see what's going to happen with that. I'm not saying that's actually going to be the final chapter, but I do want to see what happens with John Wick Chapter 4 over The Matrix, because I've seen The Matrix over a hundred times. I love The Matrix movies. I love the first two. I just didn't care for the third one. But I guess I have to be honest with you. The, when the Wachowski brothers, now the sister, came out in the 1999, they were on fire. They did some new stuff that was really neat, something that we haven't seen before or anything like that. The whole entire screenplay was an original idea. And with The Matrix 4, am I excited for it? Eh, not really. I mean, I've seen... The Matrix 1 through 3 a bunch of times and stuff like that. But if they can actually redeem some of the things that they did in the third Matrix movie, I'm sold on it. All I have to do is see a trailer. And if I'm sold on the trailer, then I'll go out and see Matrix 4. But right now I have very low expectations on a Matrix 4 movie. I know everybody else is excited for it. I want to be on the same level as everybody else. But for right now... I'm in the middle where I'm like lukewarm, where I want to be excited, but what am I going to be excited about? They haven't really gave us a plot point, other than the fact that they gave us some casting news with some of the actors and actresses that are going to be in this movie. But what about the plot? What's going to motivate the plot line to where Neo has to come back, or Trinity has to come back as well? Is there going to be a new version of Trinity that we haven't seen before? Because it is the Matrix. Is there a new design that Neo is actually part of in the Matrix? So that's another thing, too, that I don't know what's going to happen. But anyways, we're just going to have to sit around like everybody else and wonder what's what this plot is going to be until we actually get some further news. Then Wonder Woman 1984, this is actually going to be me talking about a fan theory that I came up with yesterday. Because I actually did watch the very first Wonder Woman movie, and I started thinking about Zeus and about how they introduced Zeus into this movie. And I'm thinking, what if... Zeus decides to bring back Steve Trevor for Diana as a reward for bringing down Ares. But it's not the same Steve Trevor that we all know before. And maybe he's actually immortal. Maybe he's actually has some other stuff that's actually going on with him to where Diane has to actually be, Diana has actually has to be afraid to lose him again, which actually gives her some layers to her character that we haven't seen from the first Wonder Woman movie. All we saw was the fact that she was in love with Steve and the fact that she lost Steve and it was very heartbreaking for her. And for her to have him again and be back in love with him and then having him being taken away again, 
that's that's actually something that I would like to actually see about her being scared of losing him. Then not only that, but when she's lassoing the lightning bolt and she's actually gliding herself through the through the lasso with the lightning bolt, it makes me think that Zeus is actually involved with Diana through this whole entire thing against Cheetah. Another thing with Cheetah is, I know some people are actually disappointed with the posters, as I mentioned before, because she just looks like another human girl. But, what if she's disguised as a woman, just like Ares was disguised, was shapeshifted, and don't forget, if someone walked around with razor-sharp teeth with a tail that looked like a cheetah, it would raise attention to her. So, in order for her not to cause attention to herself, she would have to be, try and fit into our world, which would actually low-key keep Diana on, on her toes because of the fact that she, don't know who, she doesn't know who Cheetah actually looks like. So, what if they actually do this? What if Cheetah meets her in the mall? Because don't forget this thing, they actually introduced the mall, just like they did with Stranger Things. And in the 80s and 90s, the mall was the most popular thing. So what if Cheetah decides to try and become friends with Diana to find out her weak points and try and attack her at her weak points because of the fact that in order for you to find out about your enemy, you have to try and be friends with your enemy to understand your enemy. And what better way to try and understand your enemy is if you try and be friends with your enemy. So I think that would actually fit in a lot better. And not only that, but that would also be another heartbreaking thing because when you think that Diana actually has a friend, she winds up backstabbing her. So I actually like that aspect of that theory that I came up with. So tell me what some of your theories are. Do you like that theory? What don't you like about that theory? Because I would like to actually know what you guys have to say about that because this is just something that I'm going off of and stuff like that too. I actually saw another theory where Diana is actually fighting against Ares and when Steve Trevor winds up blowing up, it winded up causing a ripple effect where it causes a loop and maybe that's how it winds up become, be, being alive because of all the chemicals and everything else that was in the airplane at that time and also too with Ares and Diana fighting against each other, which I don't really want them to go down that route. I'd much rather them go down the route that I'm talking about because I would like to actually see Zeus in his hand in this movie. I like to actually see Zeus do something in Wonder Woman 1984. And I really enjoy this trailer a lot. I really had a lot of fun watching this trailer, like I mentioned before. So if you haven't checked out my trailer review for that, check. make sure you guys check that out. And I hope that you guys enjoy my little fan theory for that. Now I'm going down with Marvel shuts down TV division shows that are still in production. And get this, with... One of the other shows that I want to mention is this. Da- the Dazzler Show, they fired everybody on that set, which is actually a crazy thing. They, f- they fired actors, actors, actresses, directors, everybody. And now they're starting off with a clean slate, it looks like. And not only that, but this is, these are actually going to be th- shows that are actually going to be on Hulu. For instance, we're getting a Hillstorm, Howard the Duck, Hit Monkey, Tigra, and Dazzler. Uh, yeah, Tiger and Dazzler show is what I was talking about. The one that where they fired everybody on the set. And then you also have a M.O.D. Modoc being produced for Hulu. And they're actually going to have a crossover with all four of those shows called The Offenders. To me, I don't really care about this show. I much rather have my 
Daredevil, my Jessica Jones, and my Punisher. All in one universe. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I really want. I mean, I I love the Howard Duck, the movie, the 1980s movie and stuff like that. But to see a TV show of Howard the Duck, I don't really care. Hit Monkey, I don't really care. Tigra, I don't really care. The Dazzler Show, I don't really care. You know, I just don't care about these shows. I just want to see my Netflix shows that I once loved handled in the right direction and being carried over to maybe another company or maybe make a Marvel Knight studio to where you can actually have your R-rated characters, TV shows, into one umbrella. Because think about it. If they make a Marvel Knight studio, you can have Daredevil. You can have Jessica Jones. You can have the Defenders. You can have Luke Cage. You can have Iron Fist. All rolled into one umbrella. And and you can like I said, you can even have Ghost Rider in there too. And you can have all these characters that we really like to have this really dark, edgy vibe. And have our shows that we really love back again. Or they can actually make it into R-rated movies using that production. Rather than just using Marvel Studios. They can just use a Marvel Knights studio. And matter of fact, if you don't know what Marvel Knights is. It started off with the Punisher, Daredevil, and also Ghost Rider. So if you haven't checked out any of those comics or anything like that. I strongly recommend that you guys check that out. But that's what I would love to see. Tell me what you guys like. Do you like any of these shows that are actually in production? What don't you like that was that I mentioned that was in production? Now I'm going to be talking about should we be excited about female directors and doesn't matter who directs the movie. Now, I've been sitting on this question for a while today, especially after some of the backlash I got from the article that I wrote and especially some of the places that I actually shared on social media. And some people are like, well, I just don't care about who directs a certain movie. All I care about is the product. Okay, well, here's the thing. You're watching a movie, that's your product. Okay. So, the person who's behind the director's chair is actually the person that person that's actually getting the best out of their actors and actresses so you can enjoy the plot line, which is also your product. So, I feel like that you should have to care that you're actually getting more female directors wanting to direct and everything because I feel like that women can do just as good of a job than a man can and I think that also men can actually do just as good of a job as a woman can but here's the thing women has been women directors have been on the underground for a while and I just feel like that they need to be rosen up a little bit more to where they can actually direct more movies. Patty Jenkins is even rumored to actually want to do another Wonder Woman movie after the second Wonder Woman. And it's nothing against Patty Jenkins on what I think about this, but I just don't want her to get fatigued of doing just Wonder Woman movies. I want her to see her do things outside of Wonder Woman to expand her whole entire deal that she has because not only that but she did a really good job directing that movie monster with christina ricci in it and that movie was good and that actually got some hot buzz back in the day and for her just focusing on just wonder woman i don't want her to be just in her safe zone i want her to be everywhere i want patty jenkins to be a household name to where studios can go on ahead and come up to her and know that they're gonna she's gonna get the best movie out of her actors and actresses and the best performances from them and you know not only that, but I feel like female directors get a lot of misfires and everything else from studios to the point where they pretty much ignore them. 
And I want them to be able to notice women in in the movie industry because women do just as good of a job directing than a men can. And I know that the woman who directed Charlie's Angels tried to do something and she blended on comic book based movies, but it has nothing to do with comic book based movies. If your movie is good, it's good. And nobody cares about Charlie's Angels, but I feel like this. Okay, you know you got a misfire. You know that it didn't do so well at the box office for your Charlie's Angels movie. Move on, do something else more creative, and try and see if you can hit a home run. And that's what I want to see from these female directors. I want to see them do stuff. I want to see them do a lot. And I I have complete faith in knowing that women directors are actually they're actually wanting to make movies and everything and I think that with time we're going to see more female directors and I think we should actually care about the fact that we are getting more female directors and I do pay attention to directors and stuff like that even though some people don't today because they don't really feel the need to actually want to know about who's directing a certain movie because let's just face it you don't live in the time and place like we did in the 1990s where we actually focused on the directors or actors that are actresses playing in a certain movie. Now it's more about, okay, what's the plot? What are you going to give me? Which is understandable, but I also feel like, too, you should actually care a little bit about who should be directing a certain movie because of the fact that they're the ones who's actually trying to get the best performances from their actors or actresses. And if you don't have that, then the movie can actually self-terminate on itself. And I think that that's something that we should actually take in consideration that female directors are actually good directors. But hey, let me know what you guys think about that. So the next thing I'm moving on to is do we need a sequel to Dr. Sleep? Now, I love Stephen King movies. I love Stephen King's books and stuff like that, as I mentioned before. But... Let's just be honest here. The sequel of The Shining didn't do so well at the box office, regardless of the fact that there was positive word of mouth between the fans and the casual movie-going audiences and also film critics. So there was no problem there at all. What was the problem was, was the fact that this movie opened up on Veterans Day holiday and expecting to draw in a crowd when you have a Veterans Day movie that centered around the military that came out on that same day. And that was the main problem of why it didn't make that much money. Now you're going to try and make a sequel to Doctor Sleep, which has no source material at all. And I don't even think the studios are even going to waste their time trying to direct this movie because of the fact that it lost a bunch of money when they went into this, into the movie itself with directing, well, not directing, but making Dr. Sleep. So I don't see them wanting to do this movie. But anyways, they want to make a movie that's centered around Abra, which is actually the character from Dr. Sleep. And I don't like a movie that's actually loosely based without any source material, because other than that, it can be sloppy. It can also, if you hit a home run, you're going to be lucky. But it's a 50-50 shot. But... Let me use this as an example of what I'm trying to talk about, too. Let's look at what happened with Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. No source material at all or anything like that. The writing was sloppy. Not only that, but my friends and I who went and saw Crimes of Grindelwald saw this. And I'm going to be honest with you. We were disappointed in it. 
I was disappointed in it as a Harry Potter fan who's being reintroduced into the Harry Potter world again because of the after the first Fantastic Beast movie. But what the main problem was was the fact that you know my friends actually felt like they actually had to sit through this movie feeling like that they had to take a Harry Potter test when they haven't even read one single Harry Potter book. Now with this thing there's no book at all. So I'm wondering if they're going to actually try and use some of the pages that they couldn't use from the Doctor Sleep movie to actually cover for the Abra movie and stuff like that. But I just don't see this movie actually happening or getting off the ground because of the fact that it did so poorly at the box office for Doctor Sleep. But once again, they can always go in and put Abra into the world of Castle Rock and introduce her that way. And have the same actress playing Abra. It'll have the same effect. And you can even have a couple of other things going on within that world. When she has to use The Shining. So I think that would actually benefit a lot more. Than having to go ahead and make a whole complete movie without any source material. But that's how I feel about it. Let me know what you guys think about that. Also too. There's actually some other things I wanted to talk about. I forgot to talk about the day Batista's rumored to be Bane. Yeah, he actually got on Twitter today and he posted posted a picture of him standing out in front of the WB Tower and basically he's rumored to be Bane. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. He doesn't have he's not the right height for Bane, but to me you can actually do something with that because if you look at RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, here's the thing. When it come down to Tony Stark, he was supposed to be taller than Chris Evans or Captain America. And Tony, and here's the thing. RDJ is actually shorter than Captain America. So therefore they actually had to do something to actually make him taller. So they can actually do that with Bane. But not only that, but even Dave Bautista will actually say he's not the strongest actor to uh, actor as well. And he'll own up to that. He owns up to that every single time in an, in an interview where he says, hey, I'm not the strongest actor. What they do is they go ahead and get a script that's actually, that will actually benefit him to where he can actually carry himself in a movie. And I'm going to be honest with you. I saw Stuber and I got to say, Stuber wasn't that great of a movie. I thought it was, it had its moments of being funny, but you can actually tell that Dave Bautista is not ready to actually be in a movie to where he can actually carry himself. I think that he needs a little bit more work on his acting skills before he can do that. But back to the back to this with Bane. I think that Matt Reeves is actually going to give Bane a lot more layers to his, to the character that he actually needs to get fleshed out. And I think that they should actually go ahead and try somebody else besides Dave Bautista. I love Dave Bautista. I love him as Drax. I like him. I like the dude. He's really humble. He's really nice. But I got to call it what it is. I just don't see him as Bautista. I mean, not as Bautista, but I just don't see him as Bane. But that's just my honest opinion. But tell me what you guys think. Are you excited about him as the possibility of him being Bane? Let me know. I would actually like to know what you guys have to say about that. And a matter of fact, in his Twitter, he says, it won't come to you, so go after it. So I'm thinking that his dream is actually to go ahead and play Bane. But I could be wrong. He could be playing somebody else. He could be playing a mafia-like character or something like that. He doesn't necessarily have to be playing Bane. 
But we're just going to have to wait until we actually get more word of mouth of who he's going to be playing, or if he's going to be getting this part at all, or if he's even joined the Batman at all. This is just a little bit of rumor news. I feel like that it deserved to be talked about a little bit. But I feel like this, too, that you should just go ahead and focus on one main character rather than one main villain instead of focusing on two or three other villains in the Batman universe. I think that they should just go ahead, concentrate on the Penguin, played by Colin Farrell, and then move on from there after if this is a hit. So that's how I feel about that. Let me know what you guys think. That's going to be it for me for today for the show. Let me Go ahead, send me a voicemail. Let me know what you guys have to say. I'm always curious about what, uh, what kind of voicemails that you guys are going to leave me to let me know how I'm doing. Or just go on ahead and ask me some questions so I can go on ahead and answer them on the next podcast. Let me know. Oh, yeah, and another thing before I forget. We're doing our holiday face-off still. And for this round, we have Lethal Weapon facing off against Will Ferrell's elf right now lethal weapon is taking the lead so if you guys want to jump on that go on ahead click on the link in the description to go to the movie lovers unite facebook page so you guys can go on ahead and vote the voting for this round ends on wednesday so let me know what you guys have to say about any of the stuff that i mentioned and until next time bye bye